let's be on our feet. And let's worship God. Choir, please, you need to help. <coughs> we sing this song, Our God is an awesome. God, he reigns from heaven above with wisdom and power. Lord, our God is an awesome God. I believe we know that song. I'm waiting for you to give me the right hallelujah. before you and we worship you. 
What an awesome girl you are. What a glorious girl you are. What a wonderful girl you are. You reign in majesty. You reign victorious. You are the Lord, you change it not. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the ancient of days, the everlasting Father, the rock of ages, the I am that I am, the lily of the valley, the bright and the morning star, the all-sufficient God, the perfect up in time of need, the perfect God. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We know you are here already. Speak to us again in the name of Jesus. Meet us at the very point of our needs in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Please join your hand with your neighbor. Shake their hand and congratulate them for being in this meeting. I say God bless you. Thank you for coming. God's been waiting for you. We bless God you are able to make it. It's glorious you are here today. Hallelujah. Praise God. If your neighbor is not smiling, please you smile to him or her. Share the love of God with him. God bless you, man. Nobody came to me except her. Please go ahead and share the love of Jesus with somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You can please have your seat. As kings and princes. It's wonderful to have a lot of people back to church after the summer holiday. And we've seen the glory of God radiating the life of every one of us. Especially those that traveled. Because they are refreshed. Isn't it? Praise God. So people cannot answer, yes, I'm refreshed. Because, you know, I discovered when you actually go on leave, that's when you get stressed more. <laughs> because you have to go from one place to the other. The last time I went to Nigeria, last year, I practically slept in different houses almost every day of the three weeks. But I had to visit this, visit that, visit this, visit that. And I became energized, not stressed. <laughs> Praise God. It's wonderful to have every one of us back. I'm sure you brought all the special biryanis, the special pandemium, the turkey for us that didn't go for long. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Pastor is on leave, just like you. Unless we pray for him, he will join us later in the month. We thank God for bringing us to the month of August. It's been wonderful. January passed, February, March, April, May, June, July. We are now in August. How awesome is our God? God is awesome. He's glorious. And we give him all praise. In the name of Jesus. This morning, we want to consider one of the great commandments of Jesus. Is there anybody here you consider another person, another being, whether in heaven or on earth, that is a greater teacher than Jesus. Is there anyone? Is the greatest teacher that ever lived on earth. 
So anytime you hear any word spoken by Jesus, please get excited and tighten your seatbelt because you are about to hear something that mostly will shake you. But if you abide, it puts you on the path of life. Jesus gave this word, which I say is an unusual, but ever relevant commandment for the old and the young, including children. It is applicable 2,000 years ago, and today it's applicable until eternity. The word is applicable. Turn your Bible with me to Matthew 5. Because of time, let's just read just one verse. Matthew 5, 48. And that's the commandment that Jesus gave to each and every one of us. Matthew 5, 48. Say, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Who said it? Be ye therefore perfect. Not anyhow. Not like someone, but like your Heavenly Father, not like your dead father on earth, or be in heaven, or whether wherever it may be. Say, so your Heavenly Father, the Almighty God. Somebody say, Wow, how do I achieve that? Well, remember, Jesus is too smart to tell lies. Is too smart to say what is not possible. It's not, Jesus was not there to impress anybody and so say something just for people to get excited. No. He meant every word he said. He said, Be ye therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. When he said, be ye perfect. By the way, this one of the scriptures, the commandment of Jesus Christ. That when I remember it, it puts me on the right path. Because I know, oh, I have not started. My journey is still long. So I will not allow anything to distract me. No matter any achievement, by God's grace, this leads to me that God has helped me to achieve in the kingdom. Whatever He's using me for, when I remember the scriptures, it puts me, what? Oh boy, you are just starting. Because your reference point is who? God. That's why I like some people, I laugh. When I see some people, they just do something small and they become like this. Jesus said, be ye perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. When I check the dictionary meaning of 
perfection. You will surprise what it means. It's a perfect means to be conforming absolutely to the ideal type. And for you, a Christian, who is the ideal person you are to follow? Jesus. We're looking at dictionary definition. It means to be excellent or complete beyond practical or theoretical improvement. <laughs> you are perfect. Beyond practical or theoretical improvement. That's the state that God wants you and have. To be entirely without any flaws. Dictionary. Without flaws. Without defect. Without shortcoming. Have you heard that in the Bible before? It said, be ye blameless. Blameless. This is dictionary. Defining perfection. So to be accurate, exact, or correct copy in every detail of who? The original prototype. Exact copy of the original prototype. And finally, the dictionary says, to be perfect means to be pure. Does that represent what Bible says also? To be pure or mixed. And when I look at the Greek meaning, it is spelled T-E-L-E-I-O-S. I call it Telios. And what does it mean in Greek? To be complete in all parts. So you can imagine Jesus saying, be complete in all parts like God. To be full grown of full age, and that's talking of be mature like Jesus. Do things like Jesus. Not below his standard, but according to his standard. And our three definitions of the Greek the Greek meaning said to be specifically complete in our Christian character. To be complete in our Christian character. Have anybody ever told you or you yourself ever felt ashamed that I misrepresented Jesus the way I handled that issue? And somebody ever say, oh, this is how your Jesus is. Then I will not serve that Jesus. Have you ever been in a situation where you cover your eyes and you can't even look at God? Because when you realize what you have done, you nail Jesus to the cross again. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven. It's perfect. If I ask all of us here, please begin to tell me how perfect God is. We know it. But you have been called, not only called, commanded by Jesus that you are to be perfect like God. Let's look at other translations of the Bible. 
Like I said, Pastor was teaching us last week, if you are the type that only read one translation, you are still a baby in Christ. You must have what? Many translations. When you go to restaurant, what do you ask for? You ask for different sauce, eh? That's the way you should treat the Bible. You settle down to eat the Bible. You take different what? Translations. And your, your understanding becomes solid about the issue. Fortunately, I will say, when I check other translations of the Bible, majority use be ye perfect. Because perfect is what? Perfect. <laughs> perfect is what? Perfect. It's one of the unique words in the Bible that when you look at other translations, majority, well, I would say more than 80%, as the resources I use, say, be ye perfect. Now, let me just read three, three other translations and how they defined it. Say, but, this is CEV version, but you must always act like your father in heaven. You must always behave like God. So when you get high, so to say, say you get angry. How should you be angry? Hello? Like God. It's not a sin to be angry. We said, be angry. But what? At the peak of the anger of God, is still righteous. But you, is that your situation? The last time you got angry, that you even throw things. You even bang the table. You even cost somebody. And you are a Christian. You are a Christian. Don't let them hear. The way you behave must be like that of God. The first translation says, but you are called to something higher, something unusual, something not common, something that when you do the way you do it, people will start wondering, ah, this guy must be God. He's not doing it the way we are doing it. Everybody is taking money Doing fraudulent acts when this office, this guy is distinct. He doesn't join us to do it. When we are saying nonsense, we are all talking anyhow. This guy just keeps quiet. When everybody is running to do the battle, this guy says, No, I don't care what happened. I'm not going to join you. You are called to something higher. Something actually beyond you, but not beyond you by the grace. God. Now that's it, my, one of my favorite translations, the Message Bible. I was surprised when I look at New Living Translation that it used be ye perfect. As the Heavenly Father is perfect too. But look at New Living, the Message Bible. It says, In a word, what I am saying is grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. 
You are kingdom what? Subject. You are a property of the kingdom of God. So live like it. Talk like it. Behave like it. Think like it. Live out your God-created identity. When he created you, what did he say? Come, let us make man. How? The image of dogs? In our own image, after our own likeness. So, message said, live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others. The way God lives towards you. Ephesians 5.1 Ephesians 5.1 In New Living Translation it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. So if you are a child of God here, it is your duty, and in fact you are commanded to imitate God. And do issues the way God would do it. As a matter of fact, our guiding principle as Christians should be, whenever you want to do anything, when you sit down in your office, you say, oh, how will Jesus do this work? Then do it that way. How will Jesus address this issue? Do it that way. When temptation comes, you set to dance. How did Jesus handle temptation? Then you handle it that way. Will you be perfect or not? You will. The ultimate goal of every Christian should be to be like Jesus. <laughs> mm. Let's save that for other time. That is why every message, every activity you do in church is packaged towards making you perfect. But do you really see all those things that way? Every word you hear in church, everything you do in church, is their package to get you to be perfect, to be mature like God. Look at what Paul says in Colossians 1.28. Colossians 1.28 whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Jesus. So everything you see we do in church, they are meant to drive you towards perfection, to become like God. But do you handle everything in church that way? Do you know that every service, every prayer meeting you miss is a negative against your perfection score? Every message you miss, you have missed a treasure that will have pushed you towards perfection. So Paul said, everything we do, every teaching, every warning, every instruction, every encouragement, every counseling is for you to get perfect. In Christ. But do you really see your spiritual journey, your spiritual activity in that sense? 
in Second Corinthians seven one. Second Corinthians seven one. Paul said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You see those two compound words? Perfecting holiness. Holiness in its sense is what? Perfection. When God said, be ye perfect, it's more or less said, be ye holy. So, in other sense, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know what that means? Many believers are confused about this issue, and so they, they are not able to have a grasp on how to handle it. In discipleship class, you are taught, as many of you that you have attended, that justification. It's an instantaneous occurrence. You cannot do anything to be justified. You just have to believe in Jesus. And what happens? You are justified. You can't do anything. Say so your righteousness, the effort to be moral, they are like what? A filthy rag. So you get justified. How? By believing that Jesus is Lord. And so you attain what? Justification. Then you are righteous. You are what? Righteous. So anytime you see righteousness in the scripture, it's telling you, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Read it that way. That do you believe in Jesus, then you are able to claim that provision that you have in Jesus. But when you talk about sanctification, which is the perfecting holiness that we're talking of, it's a process. It's a process. After you go born again, you are moving towards what? Perfection. You are growing. Growing in grace. You are moving to becoming like Jesus. But let me tell you this. One of my mentors, he used an illustration which I always, the day I heard it, I said, wow, this is it. When God asks you to be perfect, perfection is perfection. But when you look at it in the sense of sanctification or holiness, they are in grace. That's why that scripture said perfecting holiness. And what is illustration? When a child is in primary school, or what do you call it here? I've forgotten. Yeah? Great, the, the lower grades, right? When it's about to go to high school, and the child scores 100%, what do you say the child is what? Perfect. Excellent child in primary school. When the child gets to high school and is about to cross to college, and the child scores 100%, what do you say? The child is excellent and perfect. When you get to the point you want to get your professoral award, or let's look at doctorate degree, 
And by the time you present your paper, they score you 100%. So what do you say that doctorate degree is what? Perfect and excellent. But you see the difference. Can you compare the 100% of a primary school, a high school, and a doctorate degree? Can you compare? Can you compare their level, their expectation, the grace, the knowledge, the intellect? Is what? Different. Somebody is laughing. Oh, good. So at least this is what I'm doing. I'm holy. But do you know what? Only God and you know your weight in the spirit. Only God and you know the level of perfection that he expressed from you. So you do anything lower, who is going to score you? Zero percent. God. Not me. Not any pastor. Not any man under heaven. They want to score you whether you are perfect according to your level of grace. Is who? God. So don't deceive yourself. And God is too smart to score you lower or higher. He will score you according to your grace. Say, known unto God are all his ways. So if God were to come now and put you in a room and shut the door, we are not all there, and open the screen, I began to analyze you. Many of us, you will run from the roof. <laughs> you will run what? From the roof. Isaiah was bored. He said, oh, yeah, everything. You guys were saying. He was doing everything. He was bombarding the whole people. But you guys, you need to repent. When, he, when God opened his eyes, and he saw his true sense, Isaiah said, woe unto me, for I am undone. I've not started at all. I thought I was there. I thought I was holy. I thought I was perfect. But eh, God, I have not started. Please help me. And that is why God said we should look at this world today. We have been shouting, be ye holy, from the beginning of the year. And many of us, we are saying, yes, I'm holy. But you know within yourself, it's your conscience clear with God. Even the one you know, not to talk about the one you don't know. The one you know, are you perfect according to the grace he has given you? That's why I didn't say, be ye perfect as your pastor is perfect. Say, be ye perfect as what? Your heavenly father. So, my brethren, please don't deceive yourself. And don't let anybody deceive you. Your perfection, your holiness is only correctly assessed by your Creator, God. Hebrews 5.12 says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, Hebrews 5.12, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principle of the oracle of God, 
and are become such as have need of meek and not of strong meat. Does this represent you? You can boldly say, oh, I have been a Christian for 50 years. I've been a Christian for 100 years. Wonderful. But what's your level of perfection? That's what we are saying. Are you still a baby? Are you still the type of drinking meat that when somebody throws meat, strong meat at you, or strong bone, not even bone, meat, somebody throws meat at you, you say, I will not go to that church again. Because they are, they are talking about me. Because they address your issue. They touch you in your soft place. God is speaking to you what you need to change. And you are getting angry. You are still a what? A baby. It is not how long, but how well. You have, been, you have given your life 100 years ago. God, God bless you. Wonderful. May you say like did, did more than you. But how perfect are you? That's what God is asking us. That's what God is asking us. How perfect are you? Are you as perfect as I am, your God? Okay. Let's just look at, whenever I teach like this, I get excited and I, I always love to, to tell you about this, my God, and your God. Let's just quickly look at, briefly, how perfect is God? Our God, remember, whatever we say about God, is your reference point. God is perfect in love. Let's quickly look at Matthew 5, 43 to 48. We see the context where Jesus said it. When he said, be ye perfect. Please, let's have it on the screen. King James Version should be okay. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. 48. So in case you don't have your Bible, you read it. Ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's the Old Testament. But Jesus said, But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And persecute you. Can I hear somebody say, So this is what perfection means. That man that wants to kill me, I should love him. That man that's done terrible things to me and my family, I should still pray for him. Wait up for prayer. <laughs> now, look at what he said about the perfection of God. Verse 45. Say that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. If God were to do the way you and I do, and God said, Today I will only send rain to all Christians, you know, many Christians will be happy. They will rejoice, Yes, we are Christians, we are Christians, we are holy. But not your God. That is why in judgment is perfect. If God judges that you are condemned to death, what is that? Perfect judgment. I do know that God kills. Many people don't like to hear that. God what? Kills. 
He opened the ground and the enemy of Moses was swallowed alive. He pushed Pharaoh until he slaughtered him. <laughs> and they were what? Perfect. But God is saying, you need to be perfect like him. In your love, in your action, in your judgment, in your behavior, to your enemy and to your friends, and do it like God. Look at 46. Say, for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even unbelievers do the same? When you are talking about morality, some unbelievers even handle issues better than us. Morality. But remember I said, it is not morality that will save you, that will make you to be righteous. But what? Believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That is the difference. 47. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even unbelievers do the same? Therefore, they say, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. God is perfect in love. That's what that says. God is perfect in holiness. First Peter 1.15 and Hebrews 4.15. Because of time, I will rush now. In Hebrews 4.15, Jesus Christ was tempted in every way, but yet without sin. He is perfect in holiness. And you are called to be perfect in holiness. Jesus, our Lord and our God, is perfect in mercy. In Luke 6.36, it says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. You see that? But you show mercy. The last time you, you vent your hunger on that person, was it out of mercy or out of hatred? The way you handle that issue, you know the issue. And you are not coming to us, God, I'm sorry the way I handle it, I'm sorry I've done it again. Jesus was perfect in mercy. In Romans 5, 8, he said, while you were yet sinners, Jesus died for you because of his mercy. Our God is perfect in forgiveness. Luke 23:34. Then said Jesus on the cross, you know what happened on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. They were making jest of him. They were harassing him, molesting him, nailing him on the cross. And he was bold enough to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's perfect in forgiveness. Let me show you something in Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Talking about the perfection of God. In perfection of God. I'll read from Message Bible. Said, make Ephesians 4 31 to 32. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Now, it said, forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly 
as God. Forgive one another as quickly and what? Thoroughly. And I make this analysis. When you sin, God writes your sin on a sand. But the devil writes your sin on a rock. The moment you say, God, I'm sorry, what happened? God used his leg to wipe the sand. But the devil will still be looking at the rock. Can you trace that thing back on the sand? Is it possible? God wipes it away. Can you trace where, what he wrote on the sand again? But the devil still have it. And that's why when we get to, to heaven, the devil will still present it. And Jesus will appear. Sorry, I've paid with my blood. So when God forgives, he forgives quickly and thoroughly without any trace. Are you that perfect? I've told you, when you want to know whether you have truly forgiven somebody or not, the best way to measure yourself is every time you remember that issue or you see that person, do you feel joy or you feel hatred? You want to test if you have, if you have forgiven somebody or not. Anytime you remember the issue, you say, oh, thank God I was able to forgive this, my sister. If that is not your case, you are yet to forgive. If the moment you remember that issue, you say, ah, this brother, how can he do this? When I forgive him? No, you have not. And that is the way God handles forgiveness. Quickly and thoroughly, without any trace. Our God is perfect in integrity and honesty. Hebrews 6, 18 said, By two immutable things it has been possible for God to lie. God does not tell lie. You know how many lies you have told? And you are still telling? And you still plan to tell? And you now say, God, I'm sorry. Are you perfect? As your Father in heaven is perfect. God is perfect in keeping covenant. In friendship is perfect. In Deuteronomy 7, 8, say our God keeps covenant to thousands of generations. Which means our God, he does not disappoint. When he said this, what I will do, no matter what happens, you can go to sleep. That is what he will do. But is that how you handle relationship? Can you be trusted? Many of us have not even trusted with ordinary time. If somebody tells you, and this happened to Christians, today you say, I will come by 3 o'clock. You arrive by 4. And I say, oh, sorry, sorry. Tomorrow you say, oh, brother, I will come by 10. And you arrive by 12. Even me, when I give you appointment the next time, I will put contingency. When I know the meeting wants to start by 10, I will tell you, brother, please be there by 9. But do you know, as Christians, we are to be. You say, let your yea be your what? Your yea. Are you perfect? My God. Our God is perfect in giving. 
Say, for God so loved the world, and he gave the only son he had. When Jesus talked to that rich man, he said, how can I be perfect? Jesus said, you want to be perfect, go and sell everything you have. Say, eh? I cannot. Many of us today, if God said, go and sell everything you have and come to me. How many of, you, how many of us, including me, we do it? Even when you say, God, I've already sold everything. But you know, you see, your account in India is already, your service is there. <laughs> but God said, He gave His only begotten Son. God is perfect in giving. God is perfect in thoughts. Psalm 92 verse 5 says, The thought of our God is deep. He said, deep are your thoughts. And that's why he said in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thought I have towards you, they are thought of good, not of evil. There's no evil thought about you. Don't let somebody deceive you. Oh, that, that's the will of God for you. No. He said, everything I have for you, you are my child, they are thought of good, not of evil at all. God is perfect in his works. Deuteronomy 32, 4. And Genesis 1, 4. Everything God created... He saw them and he declared them what? Good. God is perfect in his words, in his conversation, in his utterances. Psalm 19 verse 7 says, The law of the law is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Is your word perfect? The utterances, many of us, we have killed people with our word. You have murdered people the way you slander them, the way you harass them with your words. Be ye perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Many people have stopped coming to this church because of what some people said. In fact, many people have left Christianity because of what some people said. Because of the way they, 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 they talk. Are you perfect? Like your heavenly father is perfect. God is perfect in judgment. I've told you that. He is perfect in hunger. I've told you that. He is perfect in knowledge. And finally, you know the list is endless. God is perfect in his ability. Say with God, nothing should be impossible. Let's look at what are the provisions God has made to guarantee that this is possible. I've mentioned one. Number one, He created you originally in His image and after His likeness. Say, come, let's make man in our own image and after our likeness. That is why for you to be like Him should not be a problem because you're already created in His image. But you know what happened? Adam fell. But still, with that Old Testament, Old Covenant, if you go to Hebrews 11, you see the hall of faith. Job, even though under the Old Covenant, God declared him perfect. Noah, God declared him perfect. Abraham declared perfect. Enoch declared perfect. Under what? Old Testament. So you see, you don't have any excuse. But thank God, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Why then will you not be perfect like God? 
What have you done to attain the perfection that Jesus wanted from you? Do you just leave it okay anyway? I don't think I can. No! He already gave you Jesus. And the second point is, you are a new creature. And thus you have the divine nature. Through Christ Jesus. If you are saved, the Bible says you have, you are partaker of divine nature. The same way Jesus Christ did not commit sin. You have the capacity not to commit sin. Because you are a child of God. See, if you are a child of God, you cannot commit sin. Why are you still committing sin like you are drinking water? Second Peter 1, 3-4 2 Corinthians 5.17 Say you are a new creature. All things have passed away. All things become new. And in John 14.12 Jesus said, Very, very, I say unto you, What I have done, you can do it. I will do greater works. Hebrews 12.1-2 Say, We are foreseen, we are all compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, you have no place to hide. In perfection. In obeying this instruction, no place to hide. And how do you do that? In verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus. Making Jesus your reference point. Asking yourself, what will Jesus do in this situation? Will Jesus slap this man back? You know what he said? If someone slap you on the right, what do you do? Turn the order. That's what Jesus said. In the same place, Matthew 5. If someone slap you, this side, turn the order. Talking about your attitude. God will help us to we'll talk about that later. Your attitude to things. Not allow things to influence your attitude, but allow heaven to influence your attitude, your response. That is perfection. And we are called to look unto Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. Before we close, let's just go through, because of our time, Let's look at how can I be perfect like God. Just take some points here and next time we'll do the other one. Number one, imitate God in all areas of your life. Imitate God. Ephesians 5, 1 to 5. Ephesians 5, 1 to 5. It says, imitate God therefore in everything you do. Not in some things, and in some others, I say, no, this is the way my father handled it. I will handle it the way my, my father, my daddy, no, I trust my daddy. I don't trust God in this issue. But say, imitate God. In what? In everything. That is how. You want to be perfect, you must imitate God. If you do it, you did not do it the way Jesus did it, then go and meet God. God, you have to help me. Cry to him. God, I did not handle that issue correctly. You have to help me. You pray and fast. Say, God, you have to help me. I did not do, the way I handled that issue yesterday was not the way you handled it. You have to help me. You have to help me. You don't just leave it. Well, God will help me another time. No! You go to God and cry. That God, you need to help me. I did not handle that issue correctly. 
the way I spoke to that sister and she started crying was not good. The way I handled that way is not the way you say I should do it. You go to God and cry for help. You don't leave it. Because it's a be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Number two, have a strong desire to be like Him and continue to press forward towards perfection in Jesus. A strong desire. A strong and passionate desire that says, no, if I don't do it the way Jesus did it, I'm not going to stop. That is it. A strong desire say, no, I must get, I must become like Jesus. That is my goal. I don't care what anyone, anybody, they may be blaming me, they may be calling me names, I don't care. And that was what Paul said in Philippians 3, 10 to 16. Philippians 3, 10 to 16. He said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death, that he be made perfect like him. If by any means I might attend unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, that is maturity, growing, I follow after, if that I may be apprehended, that for him also I am apprehended of Christ. I am conformable with the image of Christ. I become like Jesus. I do things like Jesus. I become perfect like him. Every other religion, do you know what they do? They look at their prophet as a role model. Yes or no? Do you see Jesus as a role model? That's all we are saying. Do you wake up and say, today, I want to do everything the way Jesus will do it. And you cry to God to help you. That when you get to that office, that's your boss. That's already frustrating your effort. When the next time you frustrate your effort, you just laugh. You know God laughs. How many know that God laughs? That's an assignment. Go and look at the Bible. God laughs. Let's, let's read it further. Brethren, I can't know myself to have apprehended. I'm not there yet. By the way, the moment you think, you think, say, let him that thinketh his stand should take it. Let he fall. Say, yes, I'm perfect. I'm holy. Sorry. That is the beginning of the sin. Go and have the devil. He said, I can't, I can't know myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, all my achievements, all those things I've done. Yes, you have done 100 years in Jesus, 100 years salvation. You, have, you, you, you built cathedral. You are the one that preached and 10 million people gave their life. Paul said what? All those things, I count them as what? Past. I don't allow them to affect where I'm going. Many people have been serving God. Even before you came to, to this nation. You are hot for Jesus. You are doing everything for Jesus. But you came here, you rest. Say, so, oh yeah, yes, I'm in a place to rest. Oh man, it's a cool place. Man, I don't want all those gra-gra, all those uh, run up and down. And you are facing heaven. 
Is Nigeria, Sri Lanka different from Oma? As, as far as God is concerned? And you say you relax. And Jesus come. You will not miss heaven in Jesus' name. I said you will not miss heaven in the name of Jesus. Verse 14. Paul said, I press forward. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not looking at distractors. I'm not looking at people that want to draw me down. I'm not looking at people that don't even appreciate me. I don't care whether you appreciate me or you don't appreciate me. The only person I care appreciate me is who? God. Because I am not targeted to be perfect like you. I'll be a fool to be, to be aspiring to be perfect like you. <laughs> if brother Judas Iscariot, as anointed as he was, he hurt with Jesus. Calvary slept on the same bed with Jesus, in the same room, and he still went to hell. <laughs> you better tighten your what? Seatbelt. On your journey to perfection. Paul said, I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Let's be on our feet. So this morning, I want to ask yourself, how perfect are you? How perfect are you? You are commanded to be perfect like God. But is your perfection below God's expectation from you? Every eye is closed. I want us to go ahead and begin to pray. Say, God, please help me to be perfect. I believe God has exposed some areas in your life where you are below His expectation. You can deceive everybody, but not God. Go ahead and say, Lord, please, I need your help. Help me in this area, Lord, help me. You can deceive everybody, but not God. Cry unto him to help you, to attain the perfection that he desired of you. He said, be ye therefore perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. As you are praying that prayer, you know you are here. You are not born again. You cannot be righteous. Everybody is praying. Please pray that prayer according to the way you know you want God to help you. Go ahead for the grace. For God to give you the grace. To be perfect. While I make this altar call, you know you are not born again. You are not born again. Please, it is time for you to make your way right with God. You have nothing to lose coming to Jesus. You have nothing to lose giving your life unto Jesus. You have nothing to lose if you surrender your life unto Jesus. You are here, you know you are not born again. Please raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. If you are not praying now, I, I pity you. Because I don't know who you want to become like. If you are not really praying with your heart now. You know you are not born again. Please raise up your hand unto the Lord. I want to pray with you so that you'll be born again this morning. I'm sure there are many not born again in here. And you have heard you want to be perfect. And you are not perfect. Please cooperate with God. And let Him help you so that you'll be righteous. You are not born again. Rest up your hand. I want to pray with you quickly. So I assume everybody's Everybody's born again. Good, you are righteous. 
But are you sanctified fully like Jesus? Go ahead and count on Him. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, we cry to you for your help. Our confidence that since you said it, we know it is possible. And because you have our perfect example, you lived a life of perfection. Lord, today, we tap into that grace. The grace to live like you, to walk like you, to act like you, to do everything like you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let's have a seat. As we go to the table of the Lord, it's time for the communion in 1 Corinthians 11, 33 to 32. 1 Corinthians 11, 33 to 32. I call the communion of today as a divine package to help you live a perfect life. As a matter of fact, when Jesus said, do ye in remembrance of me, you know what he was saying? Every time you do it, you remember to live like I lived. That's what I said. He said, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 32, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he has given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this to walk and act like me. Do this to remember my heart, my doings, every instruction I gave you, and then to be able to do it. That is the essence of Holy Communion. Each time you take it, you remember Jesus. I have to be like you. I have to be perfect like you. And you, you receive a renewed grace to be able to be. Can you imagine you carry the blood of Jesus and you are committing sin? It shouldn't be. Can you imagine you carry the blood of Jesus and the flesh of Jesus? You are eating his body, which has set his flesh. And you'll be telling lie, Abba, it's not possible. That is the mentality you should come to this table with. That God, as I take your blood today, as I take the wine that represents your blood, as I take the bread that represents your flesh, let that be a change for me to be perfect like you are perfect. And in 28, he said, But let a man examine himself. You see the essence? When you come to the table, before you come, you have to check yourself. Am I truly perfect? Is your conscience clear with God? If God were to come now, will you go to heaven? If not, this is the time. Make your way right with God. Any and prepare yourself for the table. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Father, we thank you for this awesome moment. Take all the glory. I declare this table blessed.
in the name of Jesus. And I call this table the table of perfection in the name of Jesus. As we take this wine and this bread that represent your blood and your flesh, we receive a new grace to be perfect like you are perfect in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. The ushers will be directing us. Please, let's come to the front quickly and ask firmly to take the bread. And please, when you get back to your seat, it's still a time for you to start playing and jesting. It's a time for you to begin to say, Lord, this blood, have, your blood, your flesh have taken. By it, I claim my perfection. That is what you should be doing and not any other thing else.
Somebody appreciate Jesus for the word. Let's bless him. Let's worship him. Lord, we thank you for feeding us by yourself. Thank you for the perfect word of liberty that has come our way. Appreciate him for the word. Appreciate him. Appreciate him. God has spoken once. Twice we have heard today that power belongeth unto him. In one word, I'd like us to pray. Lord, empower me to live like you. Empower me. By this communion, release into my life the grace, the power to live like you. To be, are you praying? To be perfect like you. Lord, through this communion, the grace, the power to live like you. Release into my life on daily basis to do it the way you will do it. To move like you, to speak like you, to act like you, to walk like you, to pray like you, to love like you, to do good unto all men like you in all areas of my life. Lord, I receive that grace via this communion. I receive that grace via this word today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name mighty name. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all other things shall become cheap additions. I want us to pray. Now you see, the perfect life is the life that is ever mindful of God's kingdom. You can't be mindful of God's kingdom and not live a perfect... Because everything around you will be, will be speaking God. Will be speaking like God. Because you are mindful of God. And mindful of His kingdom. And that takes grace. You can't do it in the energy of the flesh. Lord, grace to seek after you and your kingdom. Release it upon me today. Receive that grace. Come on, receive that grace. Receive that grace. Lord, that grace to be ever mindful of you and of your kingdom in every area of my life. I receive it today. I receive it. 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 I receive it in Jesus' mighty name. The kingdom of God is not a war. He said, but it is in what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Lord, today and forever, let the spirit of joy in the Holy Ghost continue with me. Continue in me. Are you praying? Lord, from today and forever, let the spirit of joy, because that is what the kingdom of God is all about. Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I receive today the spirit of joy in the Holy Ghost every day of my life. Ever joyful, ever rejoicing, ever praising, ever living an excited life in Christ. I receive it, I receive it, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. To be mindful of God's kingdom is to be mindful of men. Please make sure you invite somebody to church. Pull somebody out of the fire. Amen. 
Stop watching. Start proving your love. You love God and love men. Stop watching them. The proof of love is in your actions. Pull your friend, your neighbor. He's dying. He's not born again. Speak to him. Pull him. Bring him to church. Amen? Bring him to God. And leave God to do the rest. Grace to be a kingdom ambassador. This month, we receive it in the name of Jesus. Lord, make this month indeed a month of jubilation for everybody. Let it be our month of celebration. Lord, let it be our month of perfection. Let the word that we have had today produce fruits in hundredfold in every area of our lives. In the name of Jesus. As we go this week, we shall experience the grace and glory of God in every area of our lives. The kind of favor no one has enjoyed in that office. This week, it shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. Somebody this week, what you did not qualify for, my God will arise and put it in your hands. It shall be your week of distinction, your week of expansion, your week of elevation. Your week of promotion. This month shall be your month of celebration. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. And everyone grieving. Everyone in pain. Everyone in sorrow. I decree today. God shall turn your morning into dancing. Whatever pain you came with. You are not going out of this service with it. Every sickness and disease in your body. I command it to fade away. God shall arise for you. And your story shall change. No cause for love. Your case is settled. Your case is settled. Your case is settled. Go in peace. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Holiness and peace.